ACP Church family, welcome to the No Borders podcast, where every week we will discuss the sermon and share some personal takeaways. We are currently in our sermon series, Stories, where we will get to hear different testimonies from our church and learn how to share our own unique story of faith. All right. So thank you for joining me today. Uh, Today on the podcast, I have Ivan and Chris, and we are going to be talking through uh, the sermon today, and uh, we are continuing in our stories uh, uh, series here, and, you know, Pastor Tom has encouraged us to write out our testimony, send it in, uh, just to put you guys on the spot. Have either of you done that so far? No, no, <laughs> either have I. Um, I'm having a hard time, really. I know, uh, getting it, concise, and yeah. being able to, yeah, write it all out. And um, but yeah, I think it's a, it's a good exercise. I'm planning to do it, but I have not done it yet. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to wrap my head around me the difference between what was my coming to Christ testimony, which I can condense into about thirty seconds, and you know, and then my story that includes that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, yeah, but I think Pastor Tom has done a good job at kind of exemplifying what he's looking for by in his interviews mm-hmm. with uh, parts of the family here in Christ. Yeah, yeah. what's your background? Yeah. yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, I think it's you know brings the community a little bit uh, more together. You're able to be a little bit more vulnerable with people, mm-hmm. have that uh, connection a little bit more, and kind of maybe see some parallels in people's stories. So, looking forward to looking at that book and and seeing. Uh, other people's stories shared. Um, what I like about the practice too is for someone that uh, is suspicious he has ADHD without ever being pres- prescribed it. Um, it's really easy if you've never practiced telling your story to just go off on so many rabbit trails. I do that all the time in life, and almost every conversation I have, um, squirrel. Um, so I love I love the idea of it's not that you have to do it in three minutes. It's could you do it if you only had three minutes to talk to this person mm-hmm. and possibly share your story and relate to mm-hmm. them. So I love the idea of the practice. It's very good practice. Yeah, that's definitely. funny because if you went on a rabbit trail, I'm so ADHD I wouldn't know that we were on a rabbit trail. <laughs> that would be, like, this trail's oh beautiful. I'm not like rain this podcast. No, I'm just yeah, you gotta stay in here, bro. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we are continuing in the the stories uh, series uh, today. We're talking uh, about betrayal um, and an abuse, and so um, basically the the sermon he gave some of the uh, scriptures were from. Uh, referencing David in the Bible and him being uh, betrayed by one of his closest friends and, um, you know, how that affected him, how, how he kind of uh, processed that and were able to kind of see that in some of the uh, scriptures, the Psalms that he wrote. Mm-hmm. And um, did anything stand out to either of you in that story, just hearing about the portrayal and kind of that connection in both of you in, in music um, and everything? Um I guess that parallel with you guys, do you, how, how, how did you look at the scriptures today and how have you guys used maybe uh, music in your life to get through maybe a difficult mm-hmm. time of portray, portrayal uh, like that? Anything come to mind? Yeah. Um, I'll just quickly jump on. So it, with that example with David, um, David was many things, but he was also a musician. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just talked about our ADHD. Both of us are drummers, right? So, yep. we're, you know, <laughs> we feel that. But I, I find, like, a lot of musicians are um, just sensitive to what's going on in the spirit. Um, so it was – I've never thought about this before, but it's kind of cool to see how it did manifest in psalm or song and how 
he took it for the Lord the whole time, and he was forthright and honest, and you know, um, it was pinned. You know, so we all see how vulnerable and real he was with God. And I think m- most musicians, a lot of, it's, it's a big part of music, the emotional part of it. And, and most good songs are a journey. Mm. You know, you take people on a journey and there's a story, a message, you know. And um, I think with David, it produced the message of the scriptures um, and a message to us. And... Um, yeah, it's ministered to us, and I hope that, uh, you know, that, that again continues to come to fruition and, and produce a message that would bless somebody else. Mm-hmm. Why, yeah, yeah, being that close to music, why, why do you feel like, I guess, music is such like a good platform to be able to, I guess, get through those tough times? What, like, rather than, I mean, I just see that as like, I'm, I'm not, I don't have a musical bone in my body, but I'm able to relate to these songs that I see when I'm going through a tough time. and there's something that is just, um, that just transpires across, you know, people yep. in general yep. that, that music kind of pins on. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any thoughts about that? Just hearing you guys a perspective there. It's a deep question. <laughs> um, I think part of it at the root of it is that music is a form of communication, just like talking, just like speaking through a poem, just like body language. It's a way that we so often communicate and, As you often hear people say, we as human beings were created to worship something. It's our choice what we choose to worship, but we're made to worship something. And in our culture today, music is such a central part of how we communicate feelings and emotions and making points that I think that's a big part of it is um, we can relate to music so much because we're made to worship something and just worship music as such an easy to access avenue. It's something where you can not only take your emotion, but if you're actually choosing to worship God with that, you can share your heart through music and actually worship. Or to your point, if you feel like you don't have a musical bone in your body, that's the beautiful part about a congregation is you're kind of mixed in with a bunch of other voices. And hopefully you don't have to worry about that. What if someone hears me? Well, chances are out of the dozens or hundreds or thousands of people worshiping with you, nobody's focused, hopefully, if their heart's right, on those next to them. They're focusing on worshiping yeah. God. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to worry about that. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Yeah, I think you just pinned on it that I think, you know, that just connection, you feel connected to the person or the emotions that person uh, mm-hmm. is going through. And, you know, that's a, a big part about, obviously, being in a church, about community, about connection, you know, being able to be around people that you feel that you could share with or Mm -hmm. that you feel that, you know, are going through, you know, struggles together. And, um, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, now when we're getting into, um, any other, well, before we move on, but any of the other, uh, scriptures, uh, stand out to you today? Yeah, I've actually got one. Um, one of the first ones he mentioned was Second Samuel thirteen thirty one, which uh, basically in the NLT version says, when someone told David that his advisor Ahithophel was now backing Absalom, David prayed, oh Lord, let Ahithophel give Absalom foolish advice. When you really stop and kind of think about that verse, it's very interesting because it makes you do a heart check. Because the fact that he chose to write, Lord, 
you you use him to give him foolish advice instead of trying to take it over and be in control of the situation. Well, here's what I think you should do. I'm going to go do this to this person. I'm going to go do that to the person. He's saying, well, God, you just give him foolish advice to give the other person. I'm still leaving it in your hands and trusting that you'll do what I feel like is the right thing. And if he's truly has a heart against me and he's listening to you, just give him foolish advice. Mm. Um, it's really interesting about, uh, very often when it comes to your friends, your circles, people that you trust, um, are you trying to still be in control or are you trusting the Holy Spirit to work through them, knowing that they're not perfect? If their heart's right, they're trying to serve God and be a brother or sister in Christ the best they can, but don't always expect them to be perfect like Jesus is perfect. Just mm-hmm. always be cautious of that. Yeah. yeah. I think if, if David's asking, you know, in essence, help me, Lord, um, then I think that's a motive a lot of times, you know, the scripture says, you know, when we pray, you know, he says, when you pray, you ask amiss because you don't align with my heart and my word. But if his heart, you know, is like, help me, God, and not let me tell God what to do. Exactly. Because that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But if he's praying, aligning himself with the, with the Lord, then I'm, I'm okay, you know, with, with that. Uh, I just, I, I really feel like music is, you know, as a, almost an ethnomusicology is like, <laughs> or a musicology, you know, it, it is based off emotion, emotion. So, you know, you have people with a, they're angry or, you know, they're upset, you know, so there's this raging music is just pure emotion manifest in sound, mm-hmm. you know, or if you want to chill, you know, that's a certain thing. And you don't have to be a musician for a certain song to resonate you know, with you, you know, I mean, it's as a musician who sometimes I'm like, uh, why do we got all of these corny options? <laughs> you know, um, I've, I've had the Lord break me down with the goofiest song that I, I, you know, I didn't even really like, and I'm mm-hmm. sitting there, you know, pouring tears and snot, uh, cause the Lord just used it to minister, Yeah, you know, and he can do that with anybody, you know, whether you understand music or not. Definitely. Yeah. And so as we're kind of jumping into Mary and Brian Miller's uh, mm-hmm. testimony, obviously Mary's on the the worship team with you guys. Yeah. I, you know, question that I'm kind of curious about is how, what role did music play in you know your story as well uh, to to Mary because you know she is obviously going through all these uh, very difficult times in her, her life and she was very vulnerable sh- sharing that in the the mm-hmm. abuse that she went through and um, you know how she accepted Christ early on, but then had all these, these things that happened to her that a lot of people would have ran away from God, um, if they experienced it the same thing. And, um, I definitely think kind of like, like we've, we've touched on here, you know, music can be a a glue that helps to keep people together when they're going through those difficult times. They're able to, um, articulate, I guess, uh, Mm -hmm. what, what's going on in their, their, their lives a little bit more. Um, so that, yeah, that was definitely something that I, I thought about there, but, um, did either of you know that story being on the worship team with her? Did you guys know, uh, her testimony at all? No, like she had shared little bits and pieces, but it's definitely as you, as you heard her share, it is a very personal story. She went through some very intense things. Um, so she definitely, I mean, it's not something that comes up in casual conversation, mm-hmm. but she has, I believe yeah. shared bits and pieces of it with us, which you, know, you always appreciate when someone's willing to, to share your, per- their personal story with you. Yeah. You can see that just by looking at Brian and Mary's relationship. 
the love that they have and, and the, uh, the work of the Lord in and through how God has restored and redeemed um, the ministry one to another. Um, I mean, I didn't know Brian's testimony mm-hmm. you know, that he didn't get saved till he was 27 years old and that it was through Mary witnessing, witnessing to him. Um, and then how beautiful his heart is that he looked uh, to serve his wife and to restore that which was, you know, taken. Um, the big word for me that always comes up with these, these situations is uh, my redeemer. You know, redeem. He redeems the time that was lost. And I know that's, I think that's something that resonates with everybody because everybody is broken in certain places, in certain ways. And because um, that's just life. Uh, but like when I look at, for example, there, and I don't know if I'm coming off the question as much, but I see a redemption, you know, where she felt it was, you know, I'm broken. I can't serve. I can't be a part of ministry. She just ministered to so many people in this church. And as we were talking about before uh, we started, I mean, if the pastor said to the congregation, you know, everybody in here who's been through physical or sexual abuse, you know, all the women, please stand up. I think we would all be shocked the number of people standing up. And That's I think right. if you said the same thing to the men, I think we'd all be shocked at how many people would stand up. And nobody wants to stand up to the fact that they got on stage and presented, you know, this good news of redemption, uh, I think is, is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah, it's, it's tough to talk about. It's tough to know, I guess, yeah, how much to share with somebody. And, um, you know... From from what I've seen, people that I've been close to going through, um, not the same story, but you know, a little bit similar with abuse. It, yeah. It's like they don't feel like that their story is is real or it's true because there's another side of the story that may contradict. You know, as as far as when she was telling about, you know, um, he fi- uh, her ex husband finally went to to counseling. He was kind of like, oh well, you need to to go to counseling. Mm-hmm. I, that that resonated with somebody that I know that was like, okay, well, their side of the story was that, you know, I don't need to be fixed or I don't need to be, right. um, you know, healed or any way it's, it's, it's you and that. So somebody that's going through abuse, it, you know, helping the long side of them and just hearing them and helping them to validate their own experience, yeah. I feel like is, is something that is, is hard and it's hard to, like you said, we, we would all be shocked about you know, the people, cause I feel like people that have gone through abuse don't share it a lot of times because they're afraid of the other side of the story, or maybe they're afraid of, well, you know, what did, what did you do in that, that circumstance mm-hmm. kind of thing? But, um, you know, it, has there, has there been any instances that you have seen with friends or, um, people that, you know, um, that have gone through a similar or not a similar, but just abuse in general. And how have you seen, uh, that play out Is anything come to mind for that. One thing that really stuck out that Mary and Brian had talked about is when Mary shared her side, um, the constants, I, the constant consistency that I see to your point is how hard the enemy will try to make the person going through that feel isolated and alone. Um, how heavily they'll, yeah, shame, um, guilt, it's all your fault. Um, he will try his hardest to keep you separated from the body of Christ because they're the ones who can speak to you, who can walk alongside you, who can 
uh, be used by God to speak truth to you. And that's something I've seen in several people that I know who have been through various situations is when they're at when they would share with me, they're at the bottom of it. That that was the biggest feeling was guilt, shame, loneliness, depression. Um, and so I love what Brian shared um, that God uh, luckily showed him right away is that if you know somebody going through that, it's not your job to fix them. Right. It is so, God's right. job. You're simply called to be there and be available. Uh, number one, to be used however the Holy Spirit wants to use you, but also just to let that person know, hey, I am here. It's amazing how powerful inaction can be. If you're simply present and there to be like, however you need me, I'm here. Um, like if I've gone through anything traumatic, whether it's um, just personal situation, loss of loved ones, things like that. When I look back in hindsight, it's not that the people that gave me the perfect advice were the things that stuck out. Mm-hmm. It was the messages I would get that literally knew you're going through something. You need to work through it. Um, I'm trusting God to get you through it. Hey, if you need me, I'm here that can be the most powerful message you can send somebody. Yeah. Hey, if you need me, I'm here. Let me know how I can help you. I got you mm-hmm. back. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to, to keep reaching out, I mean, Pastor Tom always says that, that, you know, no one grows in isolation, yes. right? but you know, it's even just looking at it like a, a trajectory, like, you know, it may not be that you're growing cause you're in community, but like isolation has so many negative effects as well. Yes. And so if you find yourself there, like, and, nothing's going on, like just, just reach out to people because, you know, you don't know what's stirring up in that, that isolation. We're not made to be in isolation. We're made to be in community and, you know, the church should bring people in. And, you know, if you notice that somebody that, you know, you see in the, the, uh, um, hallway or whatever, isn't here for a couple of weeks, like reach out because it's, yeah. You know, if, if I don't see some of my guys in my men's group for a while, I, I try to reach out because it's, it's, it is something that we don't. A lot of times, when you're you're in it, you don't want to reach out. Yeah. When you're you're finding yourself that you know you're isolating yourself in yeah. a way. Um, but that's what the church should do. A church should be that that lending hand, should, that reaching out. Should be right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if they put you on silent on the cell phone, just go knock on their door. <laughs> just be like, "Yo, I'm here for you." Yeah. yeah. We can get around technology. It's okay. Exactly. Yeah. Big deal. I came. I, I came um, through a divorce. I remember there was a. There's a point, nothing, you know, that I ever wanted. You know, there's no beating, no cheating, none of that. You're just selfish people. And um, there was a time where when I was separated, uh, like, I realized, like, like, I I told my buddy, I was like, dude, just give me a hug. (laughs) Because I realized I had not had physical contact, just a handshake, a touch, whatever, from another human being in like seven months. Mm. And there's a lot of uh, healing in that, you know. I was like, I just need a hug. And I didn't, like I realized it during that isolation. And a lot of that, you know, people get beat up. They get beat up with pride. They think, oh, well, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll figure it out. I'll handle it. Mm-hmm. Mary said that. It's like, no, you won't figure it out. That's a big thing I love about Pastor Thomas. He makes available resources. He says, you want spiritual guidance? I'm here for you. You want uh, psychological counseling? We have resources. Mm-hmm. And we can direct you to people who are faithful over the gift and the calling that God's, you know, put them in and place them in so they can be there for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have so many groups available yeah. as well. And, you know, I've, I've done it where I've gone to a church, just showed up on Sunday, checked out, and that was it. And I, I you know, I checked the box and it, 
I still kind of felt, you know, alone, isolated, because yep. it wasn't like I was hanging out with people after. It wasn't like I was talking to people, but like until you form, you join the groups, and that's been a big help in in my life uh, uh, is just joining a men's group and just being able to have that consistency of you know people in my life that I'm um, you know meeting with that community there. So true. Um, and another thing that came up that I just you know thought about with isolation was that we just went through. A big pandemic, and you know, isolation was you know one of the big Stamped things that on the world. Yeah, and and yeah. Um, the population that I see is is elderly, and um, a lot of those um, those people that I see, I was the only person that was able to go in and see them. They wouldn't even let you know friends or family wow. in, and so that's one of the things that you know when is that through ministry or through your vocation? No, through through my physical therapy job yeah. and yeah. everything, and so um, you know, I was that's huge they, ministry. Yeah, they. Folks. Yeah, and way more than just the physical there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, during during that time, a lot of it wasn't you know the exercises. It was no. a lot of just you know meeting meeting with them and seeing how they're they're doing. But um, one of the biggest things that you learn when you take you know um, elder abuse courses were required to go through those. Is that yeah. you know if your family member is in one of these you know assisted living or nursing homes just showing up and being able to have a consistent visitor yeah. is, you know, helps um, decrease that likelihood of any type of neglect or abuse. It's those people that, you know, are not being visited yeah. uh, that end up getting neglected and, and everything. But oh, that, yeah. that, that just stems that isolation. And so it'll um, kill you. Yeah, that's right. And so, yeah, anything, anything else coming to mind for either of you guys? Now, to support exactly what you said, it's funny as you were talking, one of the verses here in our notes is Hebrews 10, 24, 25. Um, it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Mm -hmm. um, just It's just so important to uh, find ways to reach out to people. And, and I'm just going to go out on a limb here with technology, the way it is with all the tools we have available, there is literally no excuse. Mm. Um, I, I, I am guilty of having the excuse of all these years of um, I can't find a small group that works because I'm a single dad and one of my kids is really struggling in school right now. So I'm working eight or nine hours a day, mm. then fe making my kids dinner, feeding them and then helping them for two or three hours every night with homework because it's yeah. just taking that long. And I need something on the weekends. And in between services today, I went out there. I'm like, okay, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, Thursday, Monday, there's a Friday night co-ed gaming group, <laughs> Friday Perfect. evenings, and my nice. kids are now old enough, they can stay home alone. I'm there like, you go. I've yeah. been waiting years for Praise something God. like this. And yeah, uh, it's me. just amazing. Uh, it's funny. That's the the thing that got put on my heart is like, see, you had to be patient, but I, I, you know, I told you I'd find you one eventually that like, that no excuses. You got no more excuses. Right. And so it. I'm looking forward to that. And that's, that's the biggest thing too, is, um, along with the isolation, when you're reaching out to people, um, now seek wisdom in this, pray about it and, and be wise about it, but, um, call your friends out. If you notice you're reaching out and they're just consistently having excuses, they're not real reasons. They're just kind of, we all have friends like that who just fall away. They don't want to go to church anymore. And every week it's a different reason. I've got a headache. Oh, I'm really tired from last night or this happens. And it's just, rotating, um, just in love, just say, Hey man, how about I come pick you up and let's just go, you know, let's, let's, let's just go. Why not? Let's just go yeah. and be willing to, in a very loving and again, wise way, because everyone communicates differently, learn that the hard way sometimes, um, is just find a way to, to not only check in on them, but also keep opening that door to where eventually they'll finally have to face reality of I've got no more excuses. 
this person's reaching out to me over and over again, and I'm just not going because of either pride or excuse, you know? Yeah. No, that's, that's very good advice. Yeah, for sure. They know when you love them, mm-hmm. you know, they know that you love them and that's yep. why you're there. And exactly. no matter what happens from that point, it's mm-hmm. already a plus. Yep. Yeah, definitely. There. Any, any closing uh, thoughts from either of you guys uh, before I wrap up? I would like to say one thing because of the fact that, you know, we're talking about, um, we're talking about fellowship. We're talking about ministering to one another. We're talking about, you know, going through trauma and all that, um, is the good news, you know, part of it. So like, I think Mary, Mary exemplified that and the church is exemplifying that Christ exemplifies that is that she's talking about all the pain, but none of it's wasted Mm -hmm. because she's able to minister to somebody. So again, the, the, you know, my redeemer, he redeems the time. Mm-hmm. So that, that we would consider lost. It's not wasted because if you can save someone else from having to go through that pain and minister that to that person, then it wasn't all wasted. You can save somebody else from having to go through that same thing, you know, um, and that yeah, God, God uses it. Uh, I forget the scripture she, she mentioned there, but it, God uses evil yep. for, for his good. Yep. Romans and eight twenty eight. Yeah. Yep. Oh, you got it. There yeah. you go. All things work uh-huh. together. Yeah. It's, you know, so it's, the time is not wasted because it's saving somebody else's time. The pain is not wasted because there's pleasure in helping someone else. Mm-hmm. So what the devil I means skill uh, steal, kill, and destroy with, God's going to use. Um, someone else doesn't have to suffer. You know, there's loss, but then you gain. In that time, when you're going through this, your relationship gets deeper with God, gets deeper with Christ, um, you know, fuller dependence on him. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what God is still doing, you know, using what the devil meant to destroy us with, to, to build us up with. Um, and then you know, the shame creates humility. You know, you can, you can trade that in for the humility to come in and, and serve the church as she did and present what she's been through. She didn't have, that shame should be gone, you know, because she came out, she was bold. She knows who she is. She knows who she is. And she came out and shared that testimony to free other people from, from shame. So it's good. Yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's huge. And so, you know, for her and, and, uh, for Mary and Brian to be able to, you know, get up there, share that. And like you said, uh, I, I think we don't realize how many of our brothers and sisters around us have been through, mm-hmm. you know, similar, uh, abuse stories or betrayal and, um, you know, reach out to, to those and be vulnerable with your story make sure that you're, uh, you know, jotting those testimonies down, uh, send, sending them in because that's uh, a form of, of community so that mm-hmm. we can connect more as a, as a church here and um, as we can grow and join, join the small groups to, you know, make sure yeah. that you're getting involved and uh, not staying isolated and um, reach out to those that, you know, may have, have strayed away. And so, um, but yeah, I want to Thank you guys. You have anything last minute thought? I had I had one. Sorry. No, go for uh, it. Um, this is something that I can't remember how this came up in the messages, but it was actually really powerful. Sometimes we're aware of a situation and we're given like red flags to watch out for. And there were five really good ones um, that were here in the notes. And um, if you're not sure if you're in that situation or not, um, look out for these five red flags. Um do you find yourself in denial, constantly saying, it's not really a problem, it's not really a problem, this, is, this, this isn't happening to me? Anger, are you finding yourself just angry at things and you don't know why? 
Um, are you bargaining? That can be a big piece of it. Um, well, it, as long as they do this and I'll be okay with it, or, well, they've changed a little bit. That's good enough for me. Uh, depression. Do you find yourself just sad and you're not sure why? Do you find yourself wondering what's the point? God, what's your purpose for me? I'm just floundering. Um, and then acceptance, you know what? It's gone on this long and God hasn't changed it yet. It must be okay. Um, and the big thing that they mentioned near the end, um, is just making sure that you're finding your hope, uh, in Christ. And that sounds like such a common sense thing. Um, but as Mary had shared, when you're going through that, uh, it can be really scary. Um, mm -hmm. Just calling it as it is, it can be very scary. Um, if, if there's any kind of abuse, whether it's neglect or sexual or physical or mental, spiritual, whatever the mm -hmm. case is, um, the key that if you're going through that situation, uh, the key above everything else um, is finding your hope in Christ and seeking those resources. Because as we said earlier, these are people who God has given a gift to help people in certain situations. Mm -hmm. If they're there in one of these organizations, they're there for a reason. They have a spiritual gift to be able to talk people through things. Uh, so just remember, just like Mary said at the end, just remember you are not alone. Everything around you is going to try to make you feel alone. Your own flesh, the enemy, the other person involved potentially. But remember you are not alone. Uh, you have hopefully a church family. You have loved ones who are there. However you need them, there's resources. God. And ultimately, there's God the Father, uh, who in one of the verses in here, it said that, you know, he He will help the fatherless. Mm -hmm. um, even if you, you know, only have one parent or don't have parents or whatever the case is, he's there to step in and take charge. And sometimes, I shouldn't say sometimes, always, he is the ultimate answer. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Great wrap up there. Thank you guys for uh, joining me today. We will... Uh, see you next week. Next week, uh, Britt's going to be giving us a sermon, getting ordained. So yeah. excited about that. Uh, All right. Have a great week. Too rough.